Passione di Passione Tena di Vivi. Every day is that's a ringtone. Welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> well, CR7, where did you come from? <laughs> that's all, that's that's all, all he says. Say. That's all all I can If that's all you're going to say, you can fucking leave. <laughs> right, get out. Right, we're back. Just oh, it, was a, it was a nice weekend, lads. It was a game, a game at Old Trafford that was inevitable, really, wasn't it? You looked at the opposition. You looked at the man in question, lads. And he did the business. Yeah, he scored two. Obviously not televised, which Sky and BT, I'm sure, are very upset about now in hindsight. But City and Leicester was none as well, which is another big game. So uh, missed out on probably a lot of views this weekend. But no, going back to United, obviously Ronaldo scored first just before half time. Classic poachers goal, really. Obviously, we, we know Ronaldo can score all types of goals. But, you know, like you say, it was inevitable with the occasion. Old Trafford was buzzing. Everybody was buzzing. And... He got the first goal. Manquillo tried to spoil the party a little bit with a great counter-attack, to be fair. Poor, finish. poor defending by United, but Newcastle made three or four passes that were all spot on. And, and, you know, like you say, the finish was brilliant as well. But, like you say, a, a, an air of inevitability around Old Trafford and, and, you know, Ronaldo made it 2-1 with a a decent goal. Poor defending by Newcastle, letting Luke Shaw run 20, 30 yards and pretty much slip Ronaldo through. He, he struck it quite early on his left and... He went through the keeper's legs and I think it's always difficult when, when strikers take shots early and it goes through keeper's legs when they're trying to set themselves. So I'd be more annoyed at him for the first goal, you know, when he fumbled it straight into Ronaldo's path than I would for the second one when he's trying to set himself. But like you say, Ronaldo got two, Bruno scored a screamer, so you know, he, he wanted to get in on the party as well and, and Jesse Lingard topped it off as well. Did his little Jay Ling's thing and made his little tweet afterwards saying dreams come true with the a picture of him when he was younger with Ronaldo and a picture of him celebrating together. So good a good see. good day at Old Trafford and uh, hopefully Ronaldo kicked on from here. Yeah, Jim, obviously we know Ronaldo, obviously is Ronaldo, but United didn't need him to beat that Newcastle side. I think they're, they're pretty shit for the season. But in that game, Newcastle, Stan can attest to this, broke with, well, quite regularity really, yeah. he did. And, just saying, do, do United still need a CDM? I know, obviously, it's it's the feel-good factor at the moment. Ronaldo's here, he's scoring goals. But it was Matic waving the white flag on his own in, in that game at certain times. Yeah, um, pro- problems are still probably there for United. And they won't probably see that until maybe a few more games. I think they've got a tough run of fixtures coming up. I think they've got West Ham minus Antonio after his antics, which should be quite nice. And then um, Villa at home, I think. And then after that... There's a few hard games, maybe like a Leicester and a Chelsea and Spurs, except teams like that, um, that are coming round. Um, yeah, you're right. Villa, Everton, Leicester. Yeah, before the December schedule, you know, they've had a tough run of fixtures. I think that's when we'll learn a lot about them. And I think that's what, what they've signed Ronaldo for, really, to be the difference in them kind of games. Um, Newcastle at home was never the game that United wouldn't have turned a draw into a win, I'd, I'd like to think. but With no centre-forward either. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like he's just got off to a red-hot start, Ronaldo hasn't. That's what he does. He he takes shots early, like Santa with the second goal in, in the first half. He took a, a mad left-footed volley, but that's the kind of player he is. Uh, as soon as he gets it, he thinks of the, of the goal, and he's probably the best 
pure goal scorer we've ever seen and mm. it'd be interesting to see how many goals they can get um, this season because he'll be looking past the 20s yeah he looks as hungry as ever I mean it, the only thing I question about not really him Stan but it's more I know how many games he's going to want to play he's going to want to play every single game because it's Ronaldo and he's an, an elitist and he's a perfectionist but is Oli going to play him in every game and maybe will that start a little bit of friction because he doesn't he doesn't like sitting them out no, I don't. I don't think there'll be friction mainly because they know each other as well. They played together, and and Solskjaer coached him in in oh seven oh eight when he was part of the attacking coach setup. Um, and Solskjaer plays, you know, his players. You know, he's starting his main players to the ground. He's done it with Bruno. He did it with Maguire and Wambasaka as well last season. So, if Ronaldo's fit and United get as far in you know all three four competitions that we have done under Solskjaer you know we tend to get to semis and, and you know obviously we got to the final last year He's, he tends to be good at managing the squad across all competitions if we are I'd expect Ronaldo to play 50-60 games you know no problem at all because like you say you know I know he's 36 but he's probably got the body of a you know a 30 year old anyway with how well he looked allegedly, after himself so. allegedly allegedly well where's he keeping that body Mm. Well, yeah, no comment. <laughs> might, later. might have paid somebody off to not tell us. Um, no comment. Uh, but no, he did well, and may- maybe the biggest um, biggest thing that Ronaldo's going to do is stop Luke Shaw from having dessert. Because if you listen to what oh, Lee Grant said on Talksport today, they all went out for tea on Friday, and uh, Ronaldo didn't have dessert, so nobody else had dessert. It's kind of like. It's kind. It's it's kind of like um like you know on Mean Girls when they just follow what Regina George does. I think I think Ronaldo's got a little bit of the Regina George vibe. So I like that. maybe if he comes in with his holes cut out of his top, they'll all come in with the holes cut out of the top as well. But imagine him being your dad, Ronaldo. Fucking be well, dreadful. Not... I've, I've seen the interview when he's talking about his kid. Yeah, I was gonna say he's already he was said saying, that. oh um, oh yes, yeah, so I tell him off sometimes because I see him drinking fizzy drinks. Yeah, he's like ten or something. <laughs> Have you, not, not, have, you not no see, have you not seen that Ever asked um, Ever mentioned the other week that Ronaldo asked him to go round one like Sunday night when uh, I think he played on the Saturday he was like come round and Ever was thinking oh we'll have like a glass of wine and a nice meal and that and uh, he went round and Ronaldo had like fresh like grilled chicken and salad and then uh, he got the balls out and he was like coming the back and they started started like firing balls into each other by the Kobe Bryant of football just it's, constantly it's, training it's mad and it seems mad to us and almost not like pathetic but almost like no. fucking hell lad just you know have a glass of wine and you know go home lad it's free in the morning but it is the reason why he's done what he's done in football and it is the reason that he's left you know Serie A at 36 and come to one of the most competitive Premier Leagues in terms of you know the top three or four teams and, and probably the most competitive league in the world and he's still we still expect him to, you know, to get into the twenties in the league this season. It just shows his dedication and all that to the game, and and you know, a few people writing him off, but I think it was more for the, you know, pundits for the shock factor. Paul Merson saying if he doesn't score today, United fans should be worried. All, all, that. all that kind of rubbish. They don't actually mean it because you can't be that silly to, to you know, write somebody oh, off who scored can. well. <laughs> scored like nearly 800 career goals to kind of be like oh well you know I know he scored 46 all comps last season but he might not be able to do it this season he's obviously going to he might not be 46 he might only get half of that but he's still going to score goals he's still a great player and you know United, United will be a better team for it do have a weakness obviously like you say in that defensive mid position but I think against teams like Newcastle when your centre-backs are going to be 40 yards from their goal there's going to be moments when the ball drops to them and they can break and you've just got to hope that you stop it or if they do get a chance to shoot they miss and you know I know they scored once but they could honestly could have scored three or four times the first half they had you know they could maybe got stopped on the edge of the box or they shot and it went wide but 
I think that's going to happen. I'm not even sure whether you know a Declan Rice sat there is going to. You're not going to stop teams from breaking against you and maybe having a few efforts. So you're just going to hope they don't go in and you you score your chances. And we did. You know, it took us a while, but scored four goals and you know ten points from twelve. We got to move on, like Jim said, going into October, November, in a very difficult period. I mean. I, some of those fixtures, uh, I don't know if you can see them, Cork, but well, they're not easy. Villarreal in the Champions League, followed by Everton at home, Leicester away, Atalanta at home, followed by Liverpool at home and Spurs away. Then the other leg of the Atalanta, sorry, the reverse fixture of the Atalanta tie, followed by Man City at home to top off that really yeah. stacked so fixture list you've for got A-class teams for United. Six or seven really, well, maybe even seven or eight really difficult games there. We were playing every three or four days, so... We're going to have to manage the squad properly and there's no excuses now with the squad that we've got that we need to be challenging on on all fronts. I mean, since obviously Fergie left, we've won everything except the big two, the Premier League and the Champions League, won the League Cup, FA Cup, Europa, different managers obviously, but the big two have evaded us and it's time now with the squad that Solskjaer's put together to go for it. I, I don't see the defensive midfield as an excuse. I, I don't see how you can with the squad yeah. that we've got and you add the three players we have to it, so... Yeah. We'll keep going, Cook, but you know, a, a player that's been added to Chelsea, Romelu Lukaku, we know all about it. He scored two as well. Ronaldo scored two. I mean, we won't go too much into the game. I know we all watched it. Chelsea won 3 0. But just talking about Lukaku versus Ronaldo head to head, it's almost like the Premier League has taken the Serie A's two best scorers and gone, we'll have them. Yeah. And they're going to have their own mini competition. I mean, just, just between them two, both starting on two goals now in the next 34, 35 games, whatever's left, 34. Yeah. Who's going to score more, do you think? I mean, I've I've actually got my balls out. I've had a 50-quid bet with friend of the pod, Jonesy, the best roofer in the fucking world as well, by the way. So I've had a 50-quid bet for him that Lukaku outscores Ronaldo in the Premier League, just in the Premier League. But he's currently winning 3-2 Lukaku at the moment. Obviously, Ronaldo's played two less games. Yeah. Yeah, two yeah. less games, yeah. But I think it'll be close. Like I think Ronaldo easy gets twenty league goals, but I think Lukaku gets twenty league goals. So it's gonna it is just gonna those be extra few, isn't it? So yeah. hard and. Will Lukaku take penalties? Um, well, that I get, that's another thing that's kind of up in the air. Jorginho's missed two of his last three for club and country. So yeah. we don't Thomas know. Thomas Tuchel may just say yeah. to him. He took him for Inter last year as well, Lukaku. So and put it this way, there's no way Ronaldo ain't I'll, taking. I'll, him. I was gonna say <laughs> I don't. We don't know yet if Ronaldo's taking. Oh, him. Come on, what do you mean we don't Ronaldo's, know? Ronaldo's taking. I could have told you that if he's still at UV. It's taking that. It's fans. But to be fair, no. The the thing is with Chelsea, just to touch on that, they won three 0 It flattered him that scoreline. Lukaku had twenty three touches in the match and had an xG of zero point five, and he ended up scoring two, two shots goals. as well. So it just shows that we've we've addressed this problem now, so to speak, because we didn't play well. Aston Villa were very much in that game. But just to reiterate what Stan said, Jim, I think it will be very close, but I think Lukaku just outdoes him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see actually what the penalty situation is like because uh, if you get a bit a few weeks on into the season and the, the back and forth each week, Lukaku and Ronaldo, I can imagine Lukaku is the kind of the kind of guy to think, oh, listen, put me on these penalties now. Like he's, he's, He chases them individual awards, and he's the kind of player, and that's what he is. I mean, I would, I don't know who I'd go with. I think, I think the United attack is... He's probably they're a bit more free than the Chelsea team is. If anything, um, Chelsea aren't all that attacking like you mentioned again against Villa. It was more capitalising on the little mistakes that Villa made at the back. Twan's uh, mm. for the first goal, Mings for the second, and then just sitting back and taking the three points and the relentlessness of that team is. I think that will get more points than United, but I think United will score more goals. So I would I would just go Ronaldo, especially with we're clear on penalties and. 
you never know, he might fluke a free kick in after like 70 tries as well, so that could help him. Yeah. I don't think we'll see Lukaku on many free kicks. No. no, there we go. I mean, we're not even talking about Salah or Harry Kane, though. Yeah, so I think Salah definitely a word. He'll score goals, he always yeah. does, doesn't he? But, but Salah, again, he's one of them players, inevitable. Um, one of the best goal scorers I've ever seen. Well, there was and a big, there was a big debate there. today I was listening to on, I think it was TalkSport or the uh, Football Ramble Daily, one of them two, and they were saying that Salah is so underappreciated because he joined the Unruh Club last weekend, didn't he? Uh, sorry, yeah, last Literally, weekend. Yeah, yeah. No, yesterday. Yes, yeah, 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 last, yeah, yeah. last weekend. And they were saying, is it time to put more respect on his name? And when I thought about it, he's, I think he was the fourth fastest player to do it. And I thought, he, is, he has to yeah. be up there, doesn't he now? He really does because he's been so consistent for all yeah. these years. Yeah, for like goal scorers in the yeah. Premier League... It's not many bears, like I think it was looking Shea- at Shearer, Shearer, Aguero, Aguero, he's on, Kane, I think. He's on power then. Yeah. And there was somebody else oh, as well, I definitely, think. Definitely, definitely. Oh no, he's the fourth. He's the fourth. Oh, is he fourth? I think yeah. a lot of it is playstyle in it. I it's mean, aesthetic, yeah. Because yeah. like Thierry Henry is everyone's go to Premier League go and a lot of it is to do with aesthetics because he's just one of the best players to watch. Um mm-hmm. But like Salah is like it was called a one season wonder when he came from Roma to Liverpool and <laughs> he hasn't stopped scoring. Yeah, he's 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 in he's in that elite elite level yeah. of Premier League players. Um, Lee, you can ask Liverpool players would they have Suarez or Salah in that? It'd, it'd be really close, and Suarez was probably the best striker in the world as well. I think Suarez, they might say Suarez probably the better player, but what Salah's done in the league, you would take as a Premier League yeah. player what he's done in this league, Salah. Hundred percent, Stan as well. Liverpool have won the Champions League and the Prem with Salah, and obviously last year when they lost Van Dijk for basically all the season. He was the man Mane when yeah. hiding. He had a season off, so did Firmino. Yeah. And Salah was the one who pulled his socks yeah. up and was like, we have to finish in this top four. Yeah. Otherwise, he probably won't going to stay because he wants to play at the highest level and win the best things. Yeah, Trent and uh, and Salah towards you know, the last third of, of, yeah, of last season had really, really stepped it up. And, but did Salah get was it 22 in the league or something for a, a team that just re- really, really wasn't serious at all? And <clears throat> Yeah, he's a brilliant player. I do think it comes a lot down to aesthetics with you know just how direct he is and how hungry he is to just score I don't think it was it's it's never really been about you know the, the whole rounded game for Salah has it it's all he's always been accused of being greedy and you know Mane and Firmino do his running and stuff but when you have a player that good you can be greedy when you're scoring 100 goals in, in you know 150 games or whatever it's been something ridiculous like that then he's got to be up there with the all-timers you know the, the, only the 30th player to get into the 100 club and and yeah he's just brilliant as well I think so, so I know it's only been three or four games but whenever I've seen him this season he seems to be rounding his game out even more as well uh, he played a really nice pass for Jota yesterday because I, I thought the first two seasons he was more of a you know off the shoulder the last guy to touch it kind of thing you didn't really get that involved in the build up he was just there at the end but he's getting more and more involved which is scary as well considering he's getting older but he seems to be getting even better as well so definitely bloomed towards the end of his career but Sometimes that can happen, and and uh, you know Liverpool are very lucky to have a guy that's going to score twenty odd goals because they are like gold dust. So fair play. Yeah, hundred percent. He scored a good goal yesterday. Obviously, Trent put it on a plate for him, but he's it's obviously he's, still have to be there. You got to be it. there, and you make it look easy. He's fired it across, and yeah. you know you've just tapped it in. Some people miss them, and, and you know aren't even ready for the ball to come across. So, um, yeah, testament to Salah. He's just a brilliant player. He's, he's you know by I mean him and Van Dijk are the two most important players for Liverpool. But hundred percent. 
Not appreciated, but then again, I don't think football fans tend to appreciate fan uh, players until you know, like they leave and they retire a bit. I don't. Yeah, it's just definitely. natural that when the players that's happened with Aguero, on it. I mean, it happened with David Silva when he left. There was never really, other than City fans going, "No, David Silva's one of the, like as in like creative midfielders in the Premier League. He's one of the best we've ever seen." It's only City players saying, "And then he retires," and it's like it happens with everyone, doesn't it? I mean. You've got to wait until they leave and then you look back and think, oh, I wish they was it in that league now. And um, I, th- I think it's also that rival fans maybe don't want to admit, oh, they're an all-timer because they're still there and they can still hurt you, do you get me? Yeah. Once they leave and they go, you can kind of go, I'm safe now. Yeah, he was fucking class. Is that kind of like Suarez? I was thinking Suarez, it's, yeah. it's the same as everybody. I mean, do you know what I mean? I remember people saying, now nah, Rooney's not that good and now everybody goes Rooney. Even fans of rival clubs go, Rooney's probably the best English player I've ever seen. But yeah, that's probably if, the biggest if, one for me. If, if you'd have asked them that 10 years ago, they would have gone, he's shit, Rooney. He's never been best player in the league. So. Yeah. It's just something that football fans do, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, but, you don't know what you got until it's gone. Well, not e- not even that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that, but I, I, as well, I, for, I think for rival fans, rival fans, your own. yeah, they don't want to admit that it's somebody that can maybe still hurt them and still play and could be an all timer whilst they're still there as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, might accept it when they've gone, and it's easier to you know accept because they're not there, but. One of those things, Salah's definitely an all-timer. It's unbelievable to, to do that in such a short space of time and in, in, in a brilliant team as well. And like you say, not only has he done it when they've been on top, he, he did, he's done it when they've been at the lowest since he's been there. So you can't fault him, really. Yeah. You know who else who could be an all-timer, just, just sticking with football, that right-hand side is like, he must be the best right-hand side in world football at this point. But Trent has started this season so good. He looks... Like he's hungry after last season disappointment. Yeah. I know he, he, like you said, he came alive towards the end of it, but it, it was his worst season after two world class years. Yeah. Um. This season he looks like a different player. Um. We've seen Southgate try in midfield because of the kind of positions he's been taking up for club recently. That didn't really work, but then he gets straight back on it against Leeds and puts on another assist. And I think he's got thirty five Premier League assists now, which is. The only players that have done it faster are players like Fabregas, who was breaking records at Arsenal when he was a teenager, Rooney, and ever teenage like great. I think he's fourth on the list. I saw. Yeah, there was a few of them. Two of the ones I can remember off the top of my head, but and they're, they're attacking ex- exactly like. Forwards, yeah. I, I think if Trent carries this on for the five six seasons, he could be undoubtedly, and, I, and it's not the best position, is it? Um, when you look back at Premier League players, but the best right back we've ever seen in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, yeah. The way he's changed the role and what he does from the the, the impact he has on the game from that position, you you never seen it before, really. No, no, definitely not. He's re- he's revolutionised it. I think what's important for him as well is uh, having those settled centre back pairing next to him and Matip definitely and Van Dijk have been brilliant. Yeah, and even at the end of last season, I thought you know it took him a while, but Phillips and Williams. I mean, most Liverpool fans will say for that. Was it last seven or eight games where they won them all were massively important to, to that happening because they finally got a pair that okay was limited but it did the job that was needed and it was solid enough so and, and then Trent kind of you know pushed on from there and we saw his level go up so I do think it's important that he trusts those centre backs the centre back partner with him and uh, and, and yeah obviously yeah. and I, I think th- I think what else what happened sorry um, oh, is, okay. is like back in the day when look at like. We'd say we play. We play. Agree that Gary Neville is like the the Premier League greatest right back just because of the Probably. longevity and the success he had. But back when he was growing up and being a teenager at United, you never had social media clipping up a Gary Neville mistake or any of the team targeting him. But they might have done like they have done with Trent. You know, Trent is a target for big teams. But I can think of 
Never blunders. I mean, I remember when he tried seeing the ball out against City and Sean mm. Goer nicked off and then make the keep. I mean, that would have went like around, do you know what I mean, like around Twitter. And then people, yeah. you remember that and think, oh, he's, yeah. he's with a liability. Yeah. I think, it, yeah, it, football changes as well. I mean, Neville and, and Trent, I don't, think, different. I don't think either of them could have played in each other's eras, do you get me? Because Neville was very limited going forward. He made a career off, you know, literally overlapping David Beckham or, you know, Ronaldo or whoever was there. And you know, use them if you want. If and I'll cross it first time, or don't use me, and I'll I'll move somebody away from you. But equally, I don't think if you put Trent into a nineties Premier League side, he would have lasted yeah. ten games at right back because full backs back then were defensive. But we see it all the time. It's completely revolutionised the modern <laughs> full back, and, and 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 he might end up in midfield. But for the moment, he, like Jim says, he's he's one of the best right backs in the world, and and could end up Definitely. being the best right back we've seen in the Premier League, even if he does move into midfield you know the f- four or five years that he's been there might even be enough because like Jim's already said again we're not exactly blessed with all timers in that position so Trent's re- revolution I think it was 20 chances he's made in the first four games which is ridiculous five chances every game on average at right back it's like seven ahead of the next best I think if you're silly you're not having cook mm, I think so I as well know. but to be, f- to be fair like you said, they couldn't have played in each other's era, but I feel like when we moved to the uh, the Jordi Alba, Danny Alves kind of types of fullbacks, that's when the the flip switch. It started to change. You Marcelo as yeah, well, where Marcelo. it was more you're an auxiliary winger than you are a, an extra defender. Yeah, but yeah, but we'll move we'll move on now to the early kickoff. We'll talk all things Crystal Palace and Tottenham. <laughs> I didn't know until today that their two centre backs went to South America without asking, and now they're in a quarantine. And they're, in, they're in quite a lot of shit. Sanchez Chris, and Romero. Christian Romero and uh, Davinson yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, I don't think Spurs give permission like Villa did. Yeah, they didn't, and I'm they went, and they've been fined. Both of them have been fined, and now they've Lasso's got a quarantine. Over. Yeah, they've got a quarantine now. Yeah, um, and they got slapped at the weekend. Obviously, Eric Dyer had to start. Dyer he went and off injured. Who was the other guy? Who was at centre back with? Was it Ben Davis? No, he no, was Tanganga it? played centre back. Tanganga obviously, obviously, and that was a big reason why they lost because. Dyer started the season really well and obviously got a pit up the injury and then he was kind of struggling in that position at centre back. Um and that it, came on, didn't they? Yeah, they kinda of crumbled. They didn't play well at all. Crystal Palace was a better team by far, and I think even the Stormish Spurs fan would say that. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think they crumbled when Dyer went off and partly because they couldn't replace him with, like you say, Romero or Sanchez. Yeah. So this is really They've probably been most affected by this weird international break quarantining thing that we've seen going on. It's so strange. Yeah. I feel like everyone, I know it's easier said than done. I feel like, because that was something that hindered Aston Villa. They couldn't play Emi Buendia nor uh, Emiliano Martinez against Chelsea no. because they let them go because of how much they wanted to go. But in in this game, I, I, I saw a tweet from someone from The Athletic and he said, this is worse than anything Mourinho ever did. Just in terms of like, there was no ideas. It was very... It was very boring. I wa- I watched the, I watched the first seventy minutes of it, and then apparently it went sheer pandemonium. I saw the rest of the match of the day, but yeah, they were fucking awful. And yeah. was it one of one of the only games in like, I don't know if it was the first game ever or something where Harry Kane didn't have a touch in the box. Yeah, yeah. Well, didn't, have the first game didn't, didn't have a shot on target. Didn't have a shot. Sorry, he didn't touch in yeah. the opponent's box. Yeah, didn't have a shot either. First game ever. Well, yeah. the Spurs only had one shot all game on on target. They had well, two, two in total. But I mean. This is it. We spoke about Nuno the other week. He's very practical and, and stuff like this. And I said this to you know, friend of the pod, Mr. Freed, last season, that you can play practical football and some would say defensive football if um, 
if you win in and, and like we, we saw in the first three games it was three one nil which you know on the face of it looks very pragmatic very you know they, they didn't play amazing I mean against Wolves they, they, they didn't deserve the win uh, things like that and, and things can come crashing down quickly you can kind of accept that pragmatic football if you're winning but the second you don't win and you see your team have one shot on target away at Crystal Palace yeah it's like it's like a double hit do you know what I mean it feels twice as bad uh, because that that's something that Leeds fans use which I know, I know we, we didn't really speak about Leeds but a lot of people look at Leeds and go why do you always play like that you're going to get battered but their argument is I'd rather if we're going to lose mm-hmm. I'd rather see us at least have a few shots and push up and stuff and I do understand that more than you know watching your team lose and you have a shot away at Crystal Palace and, and I'm sure Newcastle fans would like that well all football fans in a way would like that if it's if it's not completely you know Na- naive and stuff like that but, I um, think the difference between them two play styles though is it's just different, this pragmatism only gets you so far there's like a, a quite a low ceiling if Bielsa had some of the talent Spurs have and were playing that way they'd probably see miles better results yeah, yeah. Know, that that yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, it's not. Well, I can't think of the word. It's not um, optimistic, is it? It's not. You're not going for anything there. You're just grinding out one nil to start the season. And I know it's only one game, but we kind of called it. Didn't yeah, we? Leeds. Well, and Leeds have to that... establish themselves as well, lest lest we forget. Like they yeah. did only come up last year. No, no, it wasn't necessarily Leeds. It was just more yeah. the idea that if you're gonna lose, you would rather do it in one way than, than, than another way. And Spurs did it in the worst way possible where you have a shot on target against a team that might be safe this season but they're not going to do anything are they no. it's a team that you'd, you'd be expecting to have more than one shot on target against and look we, we've said it Nuno is, is Diet Mourinho it might sound harsh but look I, I, I saw United play Wolves it felt like we played them 10 times a season I don't think there was ever more than two goals in a game because he just set up in a in like a five three two every time, and we can't break down teams for shit. Remember me and Jay was just, watching a game. It was just horrendous. It was just fucking yeah. shocking. Remember me and Jay watching a United Wolves game. It was waiting on both teams to score racker, and obviously it was nil nil. You watched that in Manchester. In watched Florida. it in my room. Oh, did you? No, because you played them about four or five well, we times. Watched, weirdly, we, I watched one in Manchester, I think, with, with, so with somebody, bad. and that was nil nil as well. And then nothing happened. <laughs> it's when United couldn't think of any ideas, and when Wolves yeah. didn't try to. Horrendous, trust me. I've seen United play Nuno's team so many times, and, and it's just, I would hate for him to be United manager. But he had plus three goal difference, we're on zero goal difference now, got wiped away. I suppose he's still got the nine points, and you'd probably take that from from your opening 12, especially with playing City as well on the opening day. You would have taken nine, but. Yeah. Give, me, give me a word out. to describe that midfield three of oh. Winks, Skip, and Hyberg. Well, I'm looking at it, and they, and they played a 4 one 2 one 2 diamond, which, in and of itself, I'm thinking, why would you do that anyway? I mean, I know that Son wasn't here, but but they, they had Skip on his own at the base of midfield, and Winks and Hoiberg either side of him, with Deli Alley occupying that 10 roll behind Kane and Lucas, but that was asking for trouble before they even kicked off. I mean, Oliver Skip, by all accounts, is a, a good young player, however... You threw him in the deep end here with Harry Winks, who's half shit. Hoiberg's decent, and Deli Alley ain't the player he used to be. If let me ask you, let me ask, let me ask you a question, Jim. If you swapped Harry Winks and Skip's tops, and they started playing, would you know that they'd swap shirts? Because they they seem to me like almost the exact same player. They give you the exact same thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Simplicity, simplicity, tidy passes. They'll work hard because they came through Spurs' academy, but they're not really offering anything at either end of the pitch. You know what I mean? But, um, the entire midfield's creativity just, is just quite very early. limited. Very limited. Very limited. Very limited. And last thing, 
on the roundup of the games this weekend, Jim. Arsenal got off to their first victory of the season. I know you've been flip flopping on whether he should stay on or Arteta. <laughs> just just because he's well, he surprised me a bit this weekend. It was a brave team that he picked the thought. Yeah, I mean, I was always an Arteta in. I don't know why. I, I guess I have a soft spot for him because he was at City. But then he got so bad at the start of this season, it was kind of like, yeah, they've got to sack him. They've just got to. But then I was reading something this morning um, about how he wants to adapt his team into this 4-3-3 we've seen City play when we had Fernandinho um, holding it and you had two creators, De Bruyne and Silva. But we did get De Bruyne and Silva to do a bit of dirty work, which worked really well at City. And they, in their team, now with Thomas Partey back, they can do that because they can plug him in the as the Fernandinho type, Good and they can play Smith Rowe and Odegaard now he signed. And they are both, especially Smith Rowe, very hard workers. Um, and they, they've, they've tried it a few times last year. Um, I think they tried to do it against City, but obviously the Jacker red card kind of just like <laughs> messed it up. So, although Arteta, just based on results, like I have no argument why he should be in this job, but the fact that you've spent so much this window... <coughs> With Arteta being the manager, you've brought in a new right back who apparently had a good debut. Ben White's only played two games. Ramsdale made his Arsenal debut. Odegaard obviously back in. Laconga. It's and you've got a lot of players back from injury as well. Like Smith Rowe has just kind of come back from a little illness, and Thomas Partey. Um, so you've got to give him time, really. Um, just based on it would be a madness to just throw a manager into and year old manager's ideas. Yeah. I just think it'd yeah. be a step backwards and Arsenal have got a nice little run now leading up to the North London derby. So we'll see how we go from there. He's on he's he's on borrowed time. But for me it would just it would be even worse sacking him now. Just with the amount of money you've invested in him this window because they're the biggest spenders and they look yeah. like Arteta players. Yeah, I suppose trying to play devil's advocate from my actual thoughts, you could say that like you say, they've spent some so much money. If they have got a you know two three year plan, um, my thing is with Arsenal, and I suppose I kind of said it at times a couple of years ago with Solskjaer when people were saying, "Is it time to go?" That who is there obvious to get? And I said this last week that I wouldn't say Arsenal are underperforming, but I don't actually think they're massively underperforming in terms of where the squad is at. You know, early stage. They tried to bring in a lot of young players around that 2021 and, and players that are maybe a little bit older that could get better, like your Ben Whites and, and you know, older guards and Laconga and players like that, Kieran Tierney. But who could Arsenal actually get? I've seen people saying go and get Conte, but one... He ain't going to go there. Yeah, one, if Conte rejected Spurs, he's not going to go to to Arsenal. And two, Con- the Arsenal squad it couldn't be further away from what Antonio Conte wants. Its, it's average age is probably closer to 20 than it is to 30. You've got players like Smithrow and Saka who are your number 7 and number 10, which, OK, some people are asked about numbers, but if you are, they're, they're big numbers to have for a club, and they're both like 20 and 21. Conte wants players that are closer to 30, and he'll do you well for two or three years, might win you a couple of trophies, and he'll leave. And all of a sudden, you need to bring Arteta in again because you've got loads of players at the end of the contracts that are 30. So, if if there's nobody obvious to come in, despite how bad some of the results have been, and you back Arteta and you back these players that you've bought to be good in two or three years' time, I understand why you're sticking with them because you wouldn't expect Arsenal to get relegated, but... I just think that it's been so bad at times like that you're almost struggling to find any positives, really, that I just don't even think the argument that who do you even get can save you. But 
I do understand if they don't get rid of it. I don't think they can get rid of him now. I think if they were going to get rid of him, it was going to be in that first international break. I know we've got one coming up, but you know, stick with him and hope that he can grow with with the rest of the players. You know, despite Arsenal fans are just going to have to be humbled a little bit because huge test next week as well, Stan. Huge test next week away at Burnley, but. Do Arsenal fans want to be in a position where they've got to have a coach that is growing with its team? They would argue that they want a coach that can come in that has been managing for however long. You know, people Every? Have, well, people have compared Arteta to Solskjaer, but people forget, like I mentioned before, Solskjaer was Tevez, Berbatov, Rooney and Ronaldo's coach at United. He's been a coach or in and around a coaching setup for the best part of 15 years. This is Arteta's first job. So there's a massive difference in that case that, you know... He's, he's however many years behind the likes of other managers and I just think that, like I say, they'll, they'll just have to be a bit humble and wait, I think, because I don't know who they're going to get I, I, and I just like the, the level of players that they're bringing in. I don't think they can go and bring in a top-level manager. I honestly think you're looking at... It sounds ridiculous, but I think you'd honestly struggle to get Graham Potter off Brighton because he it, would man. probably argue that Brighton's set up better for him and may even be a better project at the moment for him to get the England job or whatever that he's been touted to so I just think they're in a really shit position uh, and if they stick to it then fair play because there's been so many times that they, they really could have sacked him like genuinely could have sacked him like those first three games I don't think even the most staunch Arsenal Arteta in fan could have had too much of an argument Welcome back. We hope you're enjoying the cookie pod this week as per, but if you want to win some money, then this should perk your interest for the upcoming weekend. All Saturday games this week, so listen up. So, we've got three three o'clocks and a half five. We're going to start with Burnley versus Arsenal. I've gone for Burnley double chance in this one. Oh, I know oh. it started, but... We'll see. I've gone for Liverpool to beat Palace to nil at Anfield to follow that. I've gone Man City to beat Southampton to nil at the Etihad, followed by Aston Villa versus Everton, both teams to score at Goodison Park. So just to recap the bet, Burnley double chance at home to Arsenal, Liverpool to nil at home to Crystal Palace, Manchester City at home to nil against Southampton, and Aston Villa versus Everton, both teams to score. And lads, what can the listeners do with the information I've just given them? They can. Shove it up your hackers. Thought you were going to do it with me. Sorry. Alright. I was not saying. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, guys. How are you doing? Hope you're still here. Hope you're still listening. Hope you've enjoyed it so far. We're going to go straight into one of our favourite games, and that is Elevenable. And as always, we link it to a story or something that's happened in football. Obviously, the main story of the weekend was Cristiano. <laughs> Thank you, Cristiano. <laughs> it's it's Cristiano's return to Old Trafford. <laughs> Sorry, headphone users. Anyway, Richard Jolly on Twitter tweeted on Saturday today: Cristiano Ronaldo became the first player to score two plus goals in a Premier League game at Old Trafford, wearing Manchester United's number seven shirt since Cristiano Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo against Tottenham in know. April two thousand and nine. So my question to you is: I want you to tell me. The starting eleven that Tottenham played that day against Manchester United in April of 2008-2009 season. It finished 5-2. 
to United. I won't tell you who scored for Spurs because obviously then you've got two players. So okay, okay. there we go. I mean, Tottenham. who wants who wants to go first? I can't remember who went first last time. We'll let Jim go first. Oh, okay. It's 2009. 2008-2009 season. Right. So you, obviously, you've, Jim, you've got a shot at 11. We have. This is the, the era where maybe Redknapp, when he was knocking us out of the Champions League. and I think we might have got in it a few years after. So we'll go with Crouch. Because Crouch scored against us. So. He didn't start, oh. Jim. He didn't start. Maybe that was a risky thing. Oh, oh, no. I'm trying to picture the kits. I think this might have been one where Tottenham had Mansion on the front, if anyone remembers that. Mansion, but yeah. yeah. Um, it helps if it's United Classic AI. Uh, you know what, lad? I'm going to say Gareth Bale. <laughs> no. It's a good start. You messed it. It's a good start. See, you're both wrong. <laughs> Going a little bit further little bit further back than Bale. I don't think he was in... He was, well, he wasn't in the starting eleven, obviously. Yeah, he must have been there. I think yeah. he came in a little bit later. He must have been there. More like 2011, right. 2010, 2011. I'm I thinking... Think. So go a little bit further back. Another Madrid, Madrid Easter. <laughs> okay. Luca. Luka Modric did start, he scored as well, oh, he was one of the players that scored. You know they what? were winning 2-0 at half-time. You know what, another Madridster, don't know if he was there or not though, Jonathan Woodgate. Jonathan Woodgate started at centre-back. Oh, oh you go a little bit further back. Zoo! <laughs> we're Sorry, we're at the Madrid season. I need to stop doing this. That wasn't as big, don't worry. It was still quite big. So since you both got one life left, we'll just sap the lives off and we'll just keep going until we've got the 11. Hey. It's, it's, more, it's more fun that way. Yeah, and the, list, the listeners can right, get the team. Make him shout when you're going, Did you see me, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> since you've took the pressure off, I'm going to go with Spurs players that I love. Okay. Asuakoto. Asuakoto started. Berbatov. No, Dimitar was at United. First, no. first season at United, just left. Scrubber. And he actually scored in this game. Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> no. What is this Tottenham team? You had, you, had, you had two guesses, but we'll oh, let Jim have one. And never top first player that we love, Huddleston. He didn't didn't start, no. Was he there? No. He pro- I think he probably was at Spurs. Yeah, I've not got the bench on here. I took screenshots you know of the 11, that? but... Didier Zakora. No, a little bit too far. A little bit too far back, I think. I don't think he was there then. So, so far we've got Woodgate, Asuakoto and Modric. <gasps> Actually, You're missing a few classic Spurs players here, lads. Crancher. He's a classic Spurs player, but he didn't start. <laughs> Michael Dawson. No, you've got his... Oh, no, you've got the other centre-back, but it wasn't Michael Dawson. So we still got centre-back to go? Yeah. Oh, right, OK. You've got a goalkeeper. King. You've not even had... Ledley oh. King. As if Dawsey were. So now you need... Ledley's knees were working. I'll tell weekend. you who you need. So, so yeah, just have a minute to get thinking, classic right. Spurs players. Listeners, you too as well. Especially United fans who know who the other goal scorer was because it's going to annoy you that they haven't even guessed any of that position yet. So you've got goalkeeper, right back, right mid, two centre mids and both strikers. See, they're working together now, listen. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're whispering to each other. We're not. Whispering street truth. Yeah. All right, should we say what we whispered? Oh, yeah, Jim. Say it. Lennon. Yes. Yes. And right Gomez. Yeah. Yes. yes. Goalkeeper. Yes. So there you go. Look at that. Working so now you together. need right back, both centre mids, right back. and both strikers. It could be. It could be Charlie. It could have been Stephen Carr. It could. Should we go with Carr or Carluca? Carluca. Carluca. Yeah. Vedran Carluca started. Have we actually? Could have been Alan Hutton as well. He was at the time. It couldn't. Wasn't it? No. We really. So you've got your back five. You've got your keeper and your four defenders. I want your two centre mids and your two strikers. Give me the spine. David Bentley. David Bantley didn't play, no. Oh, yeah, you, you're going far too left field here. Just we're, we're Modric playing. Try and, yeah, we've had Luke, we've left. had Uddleston, we've had Didier Sakura. Off the left. Think. Off the left. Um, so you want your spine, you t- you've not even guessed a classic Spurs striker in the Premier Robbie League. Robbie Keane. Yes. 
Robbie Keane starts. Adebayo. No. That was well I think he was still at Arsenal. Yeah. Or maybe City. He might have been Left mid. That's where Modric started. You've got Keane. I want the other striker that played up top with Keane and the two sentiments. The other striker, if it was Robbie Keane, some players will have on been there. Roman Pavlichenko. No. No. Right era, but not... not right era, wrong player. Shit, Keep going. Two sentiments and a striker. Sorry if you listen at home, especially if you know the other striker, because the other striker did score one of the two goals. Modric got the other one. You might have even forgot he played for Spurs. We might have. He is an Arsenal fan. He uh, has a section on um, TalkSport. Called somebody's boot Darren, Darren Ben. Darren Ben. He scored. He played for Tottenham. Ben I, I see him at Sunderland, Charlton, Villa. everywhere but fucking yeah, Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. I see him at Villa. Ben. So two centimetres. Come on. Right, Jim, we can do this. Spine of the team. You're 11 of like a donut so far. <gasps> Wilson Palacios. Scott Parker? No. Oh. Imagine if we just got it then with one, two. Palacios, yes. Parker's so unlucky there. Honduran. And yeah, his would... central midfield partner who probably bored him to sleep if he ever spoke to him. Who would you put next to Palacios? Carrick. <laughs> he dove for a penalty. Made it. Made it too. How could he? Yeah, it's Tottenham. He does. Uh, right. We, we, we One more centre mid. Who did you say? Palacios. If there was a centre mid, if there was a centre mid partner, or somebody in football that you didn't want to speak to during a game because he might make you fall asleep, who is it? Paul Scholes. No, no. Apart from Scholes. <laughs> Spurs related. Mm, I don't know. Does a bit of commentary, bit of pundit Genius. JJ, Jermaine Genus. I actually love to speak I genius. hate him as well. <laughs> so, it took us a while, that. Sorry if you're playing at home. I'll run through the team. It was Herelio Gomez, Choluca, King, Woodgate, Asubicotto, Lennon, Genus, Palacios, Modric, and Darren Ben, and Robbie Kane. Zoom! Put it up. What is it? Yes, as you can tell by that irresistible tune, it is the champions. It's back. The Champions League's back. All of our boys' teams are in it. But wow, Stan, the predictions are back. They are, yeah. I mean, if you remember last season in the knockout stages, we did do predictions of teams that would go through, and there was a very spicy forfeit where I had to have the bomb hot sauce and let me tell you I still can't feel the roof in my mouth so how are we going to do this one cook <laughs> so we're going to break it down nice and easy for you four teams in each group if you guess the team that finished first correctly and the team that finished second correctly then you get two points however if you just get both teams that went through but in the wrong order then you'll only get one point so for example in group a it contains man city psg club bruges and rb leipzig so if i guessed manchester city to top the group which i think they will followed by paris Saint germain i would get two points however if psg top the group and man city finish second i would only get one point but you get no points if you only get one of the two yeah. teams right and if yeah, you okay. only get one a big fat zero for Fair you enough. followed by a big fat l oh. so you've just heard my group a predictions man city followed by psg jim what about you same cam back against pep's boys and psg are just beat the other too easy yeah i think so too i would say psg but i think a little bit of bedding in time, and yeah. City are already there, aren't they? So, yeah, we'll be boring and all agree with do we, that one. Do we think that that's clear? That, that might be the easiest one, too. Yeah. Maybe we're not getting the order right. 
we but, shall see. We'll, yeah, we'll, go, we'll go through and have a look. But that could be the easiest one. Put it this way: if one of them two don't get through, it'll be a massive shock. So you'd expect them. To. One of them playing at Europa. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Oh yeah, you never know. Could win it. So true. Don't don't talk to me about the Europa. <laughs> we'll find a way to bottle it. Jesus. <laughs> so moving on to Group B contains Liverpool, AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, and FC Porto. Stan, we'll start with you. Ooh. Liverpool Atleti. Ooh. I, I will go with the same two, but I'll switch it. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take Atleti's depth for Liverpool's. Jeez. Well, this is the, the first time we're going to Suarez we're gonna mix field. it up. We're going to mix it up because I'm on the nostalgia train. AC Milan are back in the Champions League. I feel like Liverpool are going to top it, but right behind them are wow. going to be Milan, Zlatan Giroud up front. What can go I'll wrong? I'll let you in the Europa. Fuck it, why not? They've won it. They've won it before. As yeah, you nice know. Group. They have. It's a nice group. It's a very it's nice a t- group. It's a tidy group. It is, it is. And AC Milan go to Anfield tomorrow, so that'll be very interesting. Yeah. So, Jim, Group C contains Borussia Dortmund, Ajax, Sporting Lisbon, and Bashikas. Oh, to be a hipster in this group, Cook. Mm. Um, oh my god. Hipster's wet dream, isn't it? It is. I'd go um, Dortmund, <sighs> top, and you know, we'll go upset. We'll go with Sporting at second. Ooh, okay. Stop. Um, I'm going to go Sporting top. And Dortmund second. I must have known something we sporting on. Jeez. I'm going to go sporting oh, I've heard it through the grapevine that they're a strong team, so uh, we'll, we'll see. Jeez. I well, Dortmund, we know Dortmund have got it in them to just not top that group as well. Yeah. When it should be. I mean, yeah, that is true. But I am going to go for the bo- the boring option probably in Dortmund and then followed by Ajax. Ajax. So we've yeah. all gone different there, yeah. so there we go. Oh, somebody's going to be getting some hot meals. <laughs> <laughs> so, Group D contains, oh, a bit of a weird one, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk and Champions League debutants Sheriff. Wasn't that the exact same group last season but um, Munchenglad-Batter instead of Sheriff, so that, that's... That's funny. Moldovan. Um, first Moldovan side to ever represent them in the Champions League. Oh, Good to hear. Go on, Cook. You, you kick us off. But you know what? I'll start off. Probably a boring option. I don't really like Real Madrid, but I think they will top it, followed by Inter. That's quite a boring option. Shakhtar Yeah, Archer, I mean, if I don't know anything about. I'd say this is even more set than um, City. PSG City group. I think it's Inter and Madrid who are just better than order? the other two. <sighs> I don't even know, you know. I, I'll um, I, I'll go with you. I'll say Madrid Inter, but pff, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like Madrid. I think Madrid are, you know, in a really massive yeah. transition. But Madrid Inter, Jim. Yeah, I agree. I, I want Sheriff to score one goal. That'd be funny. At the Bernabeu, and I do miss Shakhtar really. because I don't see why we're but they're not in our group. Shakhtar are your classic. The so, they'll they'll be in the Europa. Something's gone wrong though in the in the hot ball situation there because they should be in our group. That is true. You should play them every <laughs> year. Right? I miss them. Mm. You might get him in your I've, U- <gasps> I've made some Ukrainian friends. No well. Gladbach I'm either. Not see him this year. No Gladbach fuse either. I'm not going this year. Nah, I wouldn't go either. I am, I still not going to take it. Oh, fuck. Sort that out. Sort your shit out. <gasps> Support services. Oh. Group E stand. Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Benfica, and Dynamo Kiev. Oh, I wish the last one began with a B as well. Besiktas. Bayern, Barcelona, we'll Benfica, Besiktas. Bayern, 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 winning every single game though. They're finishing on, on 18 points. I'm telling you that. Uh, Even money at the Camp Nou tomorrow? And as much 
Oh, they're winning tomorrow to nil, mate. Don't worry about eight, that. Eight two is a hundred. Oh, sorry, two hundred to one. Is it? I don't think they'll get two. <laughs> I think Bayern win every game. I really want. I just again like Shakhtar and Sheriff. I just think Barca are better than them, so. I'll put Barca second, but I really, really want them to end up in the Europa because it'd, be just be, it'd just be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just for those 2009 and 2011 finals, it'd be nice for First them to, without Messi to have to play in the whoa, 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 whoa for one season. I'd love to say the, see Dubai playing against like in Baku somewhere, that'd be lovely. Yeah. So yeah, Bayern Barca. Yeah, yeah the, the, the same, but like stands. I think he's saying if we had a Bayern better third be or fourth te- four team, then yeah. even if we have Sporting in that third or fourth, I'd have him up there. Or yeah. so, what, even what? this next group, they'll answer all very well. Spoilers. But, Barca, I don't expect much from them. What I will say is I think Barca will be closer to Benfica than they will be yeah, to Bayern. Agree, yeah. The end of it. yeah, I'm going to be boring and go with the same. I know we've differentiated on a few, but that one's pretty well, copy and paste, isn't it? Yeah. Group S, Stan, start with you, because it contains your boys. Man United, yeah. Atalanta... Ooh, Villarreal and uh, Young Boys. Yeah. Um, do you know we've, we've played Villarreal, I think, four times in the Champions League and they've all been nil-nil. So, uh, and obviously we lost the Europa League final, but we'll pretend that didn't happen. Uh, United Villarreal for me. I think Villarreal are a tough team to beat. Atalanta score a lot of goals, yeah, but... I, I just I just think Villarreal, they're one of those teams they will just do enough, I think, and they'll sneak through second. And, and yeah, United should be winning every game. I don't yep. think we will, but United, Villarreal. Yeah, United too strong not to top it, I think. Uh, but I will go Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, we will go Atlanta. Um, and you know what? I think they're actually a better team than Villarreal. They do really well in replacing players that go to bigger clubs in the in the transfer windows, and they do really well at selling them. So, yeah. Atalanta. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna join Jim United to top the group. Piece of piss. Followed by Atalanta. I nice. like Gasparini and nice. I like the uh, I like the system. So yeah, fair they're enough. very easy on the eye. Atalanta. So. Are they in the ground for the Champions League? Because they couldn't before, could they? They were using someone else's ground. They were using the San Siro. Oh, I'm not sure. I think they're having work on the ground, and, and UEFA pretty much said it's not like Champions League standards. So you can't use it. I don't think they never reason to love them. So I think I don't know if that works finished or if we're at the San Siro, but we'll find out soon. Bergamo. They're, they're back Bergamo. in Bergamo. Okay, so they're back in their own ground. They're back in Bergamo. Fair enough. That's that could be big for him. Could be big for him. It could. Could be huge. But yeah, I'm going to go Man United followed by Atalanta. Yep. Okay, Group G. I'll start us off. Lille, RB Salzburg, Wolfsburg and Sevilla. I'm going to go hell. for this one. I'm going to go Sevilla to top it. And then I'm going to say... Your boys are in there. Cup. Salzburg. RB Salzburg yeah. to finish second. Fuck it. Oh, Jesus. I literally know zero about all these teams. Lille won the league, but they've been depleted. Yeah, that's that's I mean. one of those uh, groups where you don't watch any of the games. You no. just pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. That, that's the group where I want City to draw. First or second out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the round of 16. Fucking hell. I will go... Salzburg top. Were they, are they from Austria? Yeah, yeah. No, no, they won't finish top. I thought it was Leipzig. My bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're in our group. Racist. Rebel um, racist. Rebel racist. Oh, I, I literally have no idea. Sevilla and Wolfsburg. Ooh, Wolfsburg. okay. Stan. Sevilla and Lille. Sevilla so and Lille. Different. Sevilla's the top, but we've all gone for three different second place teams. Yeah, that's, that was, I literally have no idea. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> Wolfsburg might be the worst team yeah. in the group. But... Press shuffle on that group. Yes, yeah. it could, really could be that. Like really that. Well last Thank group. You. Yeah, last but not least, Chelsea, Juventus, Malmo and Zenit. 
I'm going to go Chelsea Juve. I'm actually going Juve away at the end of the month as well, so oh. hopefully we'll beat them. I think you will, buddy. I think this is going to be a case of the Barca buying group. I don't think Chelsea will drop a game, and I think Juventus will be closer to Zenit than they will Chelsea, because Juve are in tatters at the minute. I say it just like Barcelona. We've, yeah, one point and three in Serie A. They've both lost a legend. Who needs Ronaldo? Well, that's you it. Do. Ronaldo Messi we've, leaving. <laughs> we've agreed on too many, so I'm going to chuck Zenit in there at second with Chelsea. Tough away trip at Russia if they can have those good home results. Maybe well, two wins out of three at home. Stan, maybe you, I can you give you some know. information that might sway your decision a little oh, okay. bit. Uh, it's a redless country at the moment, so, oh, so it'll be being that. played in Portugal or Spain. Okay, Juve second. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, is it one of them where it's yeah. Sevilla's ground yeah. or something? Yeah, could be a difference between that was crap last season, wasn't no, it? Uh, Juve then, because they're in their own stadium, but uh, the Bobbins as well, like Barca. I'd love to see them in the Europa. Yeah. Super League final in the Europa League, maybe. <laughs> Fuck off, Cristiano. <laughs> Someone put a counter on this. <laughs> so, this is the end of the show, guys. But fear not, there's still some more predictions to be had from us. Um, more Monday night football tonight with Everton and Burnley. Two proper teams, if you ask me, Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, crossing head football. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe two 4-4-2s. Our football should be played. Fucking hope so. I'll be sitting down and watching it, that's for sure. I'll be in bath watching it. <laughs> well, I'm in the bath and a pod. <laughs> I wish I was in the same bath. No, no not the top end now. Oh. Not at the same time, after you. Maybe. Don't take the water out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to the predictions. Last time we had West Ham versus Leicester and I got the little one-pointer there because the Hammers won after a red card from Perez. These two bozos went for a draw. So we'll start with Stan this time for Everton at the Goodison at home to Burnley. Uh, 1 0 Everton. Calvert Lewin. Straight up, simple. 4 4 2, classic result, 1 0. I hope so for my fantasy. Na- nice and solid. Probably Calvert Lewin from the penalty spot. Do I get an extra point if that happens? No. Okay. I'll give you one. I'll keep my, I'll keep my, I'll keep my mouth shut. My mouth is moving like a rat. <laughs> yappa, 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 shut it, please. <laughs> go on, Cook. So I'm, I'm gonna go two 0 I'm gonna go two 0 to the Ev. Plain Score and simple. It. Uh, I'll go, I'll go DCL and Richardson. No first. No, we need a first goal scorer. Oh, first. Yeah. Um, Sigurdsson. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be in the bath for you, allegedly. Oh shit! Uh, DCL, DCL. <laughs> As if he, I've got one nil DCL. He's gone two nil DCL. That's a skimp. That. I oh, know. All right. Well, two, no, no, I'm changing one, my Michael Keane. Fuck him in his head. I'm okay. changing my Michael Keane. Okay. Not that, asked about you. Well, That'd be class. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll, I'll go. I'll go two one Everton. Could have added to nil after it then. No. Everton. Ashley Barnes is going to score. Oh, first. Everton are going to turn it round. Yeah. Vienna's finest. Ashley Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beat the Viennese world. <laughs> <laughs> That's his celebration. So it's that time, the shittest part of the pod, the time where we have to love you and leave you, but it's also the time where I can tell you where you can love us when we're not around. So follow our Insta and Twitter using the handle at CookiePodcast1. That's at CookiePodcast followed by the number one. You can find the pod on Google Podcasts, Spotify and iOS. Just search in That's The Way The Cookie Crumbles. And if you want to find us on YouTube, it's TTWTCC Podcast. And that's been episode 116, I believe. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. See you later.
Hmm.